Hey, this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Bo Bascoro. This is Shay Altered. Hey, this is Andrew. And this is Laura, more vocal code. This is Josh. And this is Nick. We're Talk Modern. This is Malachi. And this is Ryan. We're Small Million. And you're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Good evening, Portland and beyond. It is good to be back in the studio. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and you've joined Sounds of PDX on your community radio, KSFL LP Portland on 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. We are Portland Radio Project. I'm really excited to be back in the studio. I've got Nate Sirota from Impulse Artists. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. I met you merely a week ago uh, in person. We've been corresponding about your move up here to Portland. I uh, absolutely love what you're doing in the music business. I think it's something that's so overlooked uh, in this world of DIY. So we're gonna talk about marketing, some of the artists you've worked with uh, and are working with, and then anything else that our listeners may wanna ask on the talk board. Uh, you can join the conversation at prp.fm. Say hello to myself and Nate. If you're on Twitter, you can tweet us a question, just tweet at PDX Radio Project and it'll show up for us there. Um, before we hop into any conversation, uh, let's start the night off with a pop band that I just adore, uh, Talk Modern. I put them on a playlist for you last week. Did you get a chance to check out this band? Um, I don't think I've actually covered this track quite yet. I'm about halfway through your playlist, um, which I've thoroughly enjoyed so far, um, but I'm kind of taking my time with it, so I'm excited to hear this one right now. Yeah, it's a great band. Uh, and again, I want to thank Nate because he stepped up last minute. I had a cancellation. It happens in the music business. And uh, I appreciate you being here, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, I've got Nate with me from Impulse Artists. He's going to be on the air with me until 9 p.m. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and this is Sounds of PDX. Talk Modern here on Portland Radio Project. I'm Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. Nate Sirota from Impulse Artists is in studio with me tonight. We're going to be talking about all things music and marketing. Um, before we get into the business side of things, tell me about your journey with music. Did you grow up with a lot of music? I didn't even know. Are you a musician? I was a musician. I, I definitely grew up with a lot of music. Uh, my mom is a musical person. My grandpa is a musical person. So I, I grew up with a lot of music around the house. Um, you know, I eventually started playing music. I toured in bands and slept on a lot of floors and, you know, <laughs> was a part of, you know, a lot of dirty van ventures with a bunch of smelly dudes. So, um, yeah, I did warp tour and in, in the right mid on. to late two thousands and I was a big part of that scene. So that's kind of where I came from. Uh, very DIY grassroots minded in that sense. Those were good times for sure. Bummer that it's coming to an end, right? The last uh, warp tour. It's the last year. It's pretty crazy. I'm pretty sure I've been to something like at least ten of them wow. um, in in my lifetime. So, kind of dates me a little bit <laughs> and um, puts an age stamp on me. But uh, yeah, it's been great times. I've had a, a lot of good times at Warp Tour. Now, like a lot of musicians, uh, you. Well, you listen to a lot of pop music. We found a lot of similarities in our music, but were you playing pop music? I was going to say, there's a lot of musicians who play music that really doesn't fit what they listen to. Was that your case? Um, sort of. I mean, I, I grew up listening to a lot of pop and R&B and soul and Motown and classic rock. So I have some fairly diverse roots when it comes to uh, music. I sort of got into the Warp Tour scene because it was like, cool and edgy and it was something, it was an outlet for me. So uh, I kind of got into it that way and have sort of revisited a lot of my roots as I've gotten older and mm -hmm. decided that it was still cool to like listen to pop music. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, when I was in high school, middle school and high school, listening to pop music was not cool, at least in my group of friends. So yeah. I've sort of started to revisit some of those roots and can really appreciate a lot of those influences now. 
Well, I want to talk to you about one of those influences that we're going to play next here on the PDX Spotlight playlist. I want to thank them for helping me out each week. You can see just people right now. Two episodes we just filmed the uh, interviews for for uh, Larissa Birdseye and Tara Velarde are coming up soon. Uh, but next on the PDX Spotlight playlist is All In My Head by Winter. Not a track I was familiar with. Uh, this is really great, man. Yeah, Winter is amazing. Uh, we've been working with them for the past couple of months on their new album, Ethereality. And uh, Samira, who is the lead singer, is just one of the sweetest humans I've ever met. And great live show. They actually just played up up here uh, in Portland not too long ago on the Burger uh, A Go Go tour and played in Eugene as well. So, oh, right on. Yeah, they're they're fantastic, and I can't say enough good things about them. They're an LA crew. They are, right yes, on. LA based. And I'm going to talk to you about Heather in LA and uh, the Impulse expansion that's been taking place. Lots of ex exciting things for you here in 2018. Uh, but we're going to play your first influence of the evening. This is All in My Head by Winter here on Portland Radio Project. Back here with you with Nate Sirota of Impulse Artists. Um, so you've got a music history. Uh, you've been in bands. You've gigged. So you've seen the fun underbelly of the music business. What made you decide to step into do, into this and, and to do it full time, especially in the marketing side, which is so stressful? Well, I kind of naturally fell into it as soon as I was kind of done playing in bands and was transitioning and trying to figure out what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to stay in music, but I didn't know exactly where my place was. So I tried my hand at, at artist management and was not a fan. Um, <laughs> and, but while I was doing it, and it was a great experience nonetheless, but while I was doing it, I sort of naturally gravitated towards the publicity, um, you know, PR marketing side of things. And I really wasn't fully aware of what a publicist actually did and kind of realized while I was doing it that, oh, this is actually people do this for a living. So I kind of transitioned that way and started working for a couple of smaller companies and uh, worked my way in that way and eventually, yeah, started started my own shop. So explain to listeners out there, especially the, the recording artists that listen in, what's the difference between a band manager and a publicist? Um, management really kind of takes the brunt of everything. They sort of oversee every aspect of an artist's day-to-day -day life, whether it's publicity and booking and sync and label relations and touring and really everything else. Uh, an artist manager really kind of has to wear all the hats and be in tune with everything that is going on. A publicist strictly, um, you know, traditionally focuses on uh, editorial and securing uh, press coverage for the artists um, in magazines, blogs, uh, TV appearances, live sessions, etc. So it's really just more of a honed in focus that I found uh, I enjoy more. But hats off to all the artist managers out there because it is a tough job and they don't get enough credit for what they do. Yeah, it's a tough gig. And for what you do, would it help to have a background in journalism or is, there, is it something that somebody who's just good with people can get into? I think honestly, when you're a publicist and you know having a background in journalism is definitely helpful in the early stages. Uh, I do not have a background in journalism, but really when you get down to it, you just need to really be a fan of music and understand music and understand where artists are coming from and be able to relate to them and really kind of um, dig into their vision of like where they're trying to go with the music. So if you can empathize with artists, I think you can be a publicist. Um, you also have to be good at building relationships and I think that goes for any aspect of the music industry not just publicity but sure. you know those are two key traits I think that PR people need to have uh, we said it last week when we first met in this world of DIY music it is such a thing that's overlooked and as we know, everything's driven by social media. When we come back from this next break, I want to talk to you about how social media has changed over the years, uh, especially from you, from a gigging musician standpoint, into working from the publicity standpoint. Uh, on the playlist now, we've got uh, Minky with the song Armor. Are you familiar with her as a singer-songwriter? I'm not. I'm excited to hear, though. Yeah, this is a really great track. Uh, this was produced and mixed basically out of uh, a love 
for for Pink. She's a huge like fan of Pink, awesome. and so she wanted to make an album that felt anthemic like hers. Uh, absolutely love this. This is Minky with Armor here on Sounds of PDX. Penguin Prison here on Sounds of PDX. That's an influence of my special guest, Nate Sirota of Impulse Artist Management, or I'm sorry, Digital Marketing and Publicity Agency, after we just did this whole segment on the difference between management and publicity. <laughs> uh, talk to me about how this thing started for you. Uh, you started in LA, correct? Started in LA. I've actually, I lived in LA for my entire life up until about a month ago. My wife and I moved up here. My wife is actually from here. She grew up in Beaverton, and so I've been spending quite a bit of time up in the Portland area over the past couple of years and started to feel like home. And so we uh, yeah, we moved up here about a month ago. The, uh, the company started, like I said, it actually started as, as management and eventually transitioned into publicity and, and marketing. Um, and I kind of, you know, have always had an affinity and connection with emerging developing artists. I used to be in a band that was struggling and trying to make waves and do it on our own. And so kind of built the company with that mentality that like, I wanted to help out artists that I was excited about. I think that's kind of the key. It's a tough thing to get into, to help artists or to do, you know, like this. PR promotion, things like that, if you don't have a genuine love for it? Uh, yes, you certainly have to have a genuine love for it. There are a lot of people who try publicity and absolutely hate it, like immediately. So you do have to love it. You do have to kind of get a rush from the process and you know, when you land something cool for the artist, it's a great feeling and, you know, especially after, I mean, you know, we hear no um, constantly on a daily basis, like probably more than we hear. Yes. Right. Uh, so when you do get the yes from whoever it is, it's a, it's a good feeling and you feel that for the artist, obviously you feel relief for yourself, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, you do have to love it. A uh, quick look at the talk board. Want to give a shout out to Ben Hooks in Arizona. He says, hey, Luke. And hi, Nate. Thanks for thanks so much, man. I'm digging the music so far, brother. Glad you're here, Ben. Uh, we're playing a lot of really cool tunes tonight. Uh, Nate and I were saying earlier in the show, we have a strikingly similar taste in music. And had you met me five years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. I was definitely more singer-songwriter or uh, Bay Area rock at the time. Uh, artists evolve, music evolves. So having said that, what do you look for in recording artists that uh, uh, draws you to them and makes you want to work with them other than killer music? <laughs> sure. I mean, there are a lot of different factors that go into selecting artists. You know, we're, um, I, we pride ourselves on being, you know, uh, pretty much a hundred percent referral based. So typically people come to us. Um, we do like to be selective about who we work with. It needs to be something that is exciting for us. And we feel obviously that we can make an impact with. So, you know, those are key factors. Um, with music for me, it really just needs to, uh, I need to feel something like significant when I'm listening to it. And, and that's the most important thing. That's great. I think there's a lot of this perception that sometimes people who work with artists from the business side are just in it for themselves. And there are some folks out there like that. That's really true. But the fact that you're a fan of the tunes that you want to work with really speaks to that. You know, it's, it's an opportunity that I think, uh, at least for me, when I see somebody that I've worked with get a win, it feels like a win for me too, and the music community. Totally, I feel that way too. I mean, I've been in situations where I've been, you know, I've had to work on artists that maybe I wasn't excited about or weren't necessarily in my wheelhouse and I just kind of had to do it. And it's sort of a, a great thing about working, you know, and within my own company is is that um, I'm in full control of that and and, and the selection process, the A and R process, for for lack of a better word, uh, it's a good feeling, you know. And um, my promises, I make my own promises, and that's all, also great as well. But you know, as we all know, running your own company comes with its own set of stresses as well. So yeah. um, the grass is always going to be greener, but I, I don't think I would have it any other way. 
Uh, and you said earlier, you want to work with artists who move you. And I asked during the last music break, if you're working with Wild Ones, because it's a band that I adore as well. And you said no, uh, but you put them on the playlist. If you hadn't, I was going to put them on as well. I love this band. Absolutely. I was actually introduced to Wild Ones by my wife. She bought me tickets to see tennis uh, for, I don't know if it was my birthday or I think, actually, I think she just bought them just because she's an awesome wife. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I know I picked a good one. So we went to see tennis and Wild Ones was opening in LA. We saw him at Fonda at the uh, the Fonda Theater down there. And um, I had never listened to Wild Ones. I was not familiar with them. And she said, I think you're going to like this band. And I saw them and I was an immediate fan, like right away. Uh, went home and like, you know, kind of uh, spent a ton of time with their discography and mm. added a bunch of songs uh, to various playlists and bought like their last two records on vinyl. And oh, wow. Um, um, so I, uh, and I think actually when they're going to be playing in Portland next, I will not be in town, bummer. which is a bummer, but I love that band. They're fantastic. You said Mirrored Touch was one of your favorite releases. Yeah. If not my favorite release of 2017, great, great album from start to finish. Lush catchy and brilliant. Here it is. This is Wild Ones with Invite Me In. I'm your host, Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. I'll be with you until 9 p.m. That's Keiko here on Sounds of PDX. We are playing some great pop music tonight, both national and regional. I've got uh, Nate Sirota from Impulse Artist in studio with me. Um, the tunes you've been submitting have uh, this vibe, this throwback vibe. Uh, it's the same stuff I've been listening to. Uh, people are calling it 80s, and I think in the 80s they capitalize on this sound a lot, but I just think it's clean production. Even on the stuff with gritty, lush synth, there's still a cleanliness to it. Can you speak to your appreciation for that? Yeah, definitely. As we talked about a little earlier, I grew up on a lot of 80s music, and maybe it's a nostalgia factor for me as well. Maybe I just subconsciously feel comforted when I hear synths and, um, <laughs> and, and 80s vibes. But no, there is a lot of clean production that, that I can certainly appreciate. And a lot of it just um, is like feel-good music. It, it kind of just lifts your spirits. And I think that is also a big reason why I enjoy it as well. Uh, so what does that say for artists who may be trying to get on the map? You know, there's artists now that are on the map that are doing this 80s clean vibe with pop music that wasn't popular a while ago, and now it's coming to the forefront. So what would you say to artists who may be trying to capture something like this uh, in their chase for early fame? I mean, in anybody's chase for early fame, I would definitely say that artists, regardless of who you are and what you're trying to do, is to mostly just be genuine in what you're doing. Like, don't um, try and create something that is contrived and don't try and fit into somebody else's mold. Um, you know, the most successful artists in the world, and especially the timeless ones, have done their own thing and they've been true to that. And maybe they spent five to 10 years hustling and grinding before they made it. Um, but I think that's the most important thing because being genuine, like people can smell it. They can, they can taste it when you're not genuine, like right away. I know I can. And, mm -hmm. and, and even a lot of average listeners, you know, it's sometimes an intangible thing that, uh, they just can, can see or hear. So just be genuine and, and, um, make it your own thing. And, um, it's obviously great to be influenced by artists or, uh, you know, sound somewhat similar to certain artists. There was a lot of that, which I think is great, but as long as it's genuine, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And I, I hear sometimes people apologize for that. Uh, you know, Oh, well, I, I wrote this song and it's cheesy cause it sounds like X, Y, Z. I'm a big believer that if it came to you, it's, it, that's genuine. You know, if you didn't force this song out of the blue and, and it's something that resonates with you, hold on to it. I, there was a great producer I worked with early on uh, named John Robertson and he just had a catalog. He's like, I've got a file cabinet full of files that's different genres of music, rock, blues. So whatever I write, I just catalog it away. And he's released a lot of different types of music because he's held on to that. And Everything he does is genuine. And I think with you too, uh, I have that same thing, especially when I see a live band. If they're not 
totally into it or genuine, it's something that I just become disinterested in. Uh, it's that energy in the room, like you said, and it just, I'm sure you've seen a ton of disposable opening bands or even national bands. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen it and you, you know, there's just something about it that doesn't feel right. It just feels put together. It feels like somebody tried to shove a cir circle into a square or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can definitely appreciate anyone who's being genuine, even if it's not necessarily, um, you know, my cup of tea. I wanted to give your wife props and also my wife a shout out. I meant to say before we went into the last music break that uh, since your wife introduced you to Wild Ones, it's so phenomenal uh, to have a spouse or partner that you can curate with. Totally. Um, and that's part of the reason why we're married. Um, <laughs> my wife, her name is Katrina. Uh, we met uh, through music and she's actually a, a music journalist. And um, that's how we met. I used to pitch her my bands and uh, I no longer do for those of you who are wondering. So there is none of that going on. Um, but yeah, we... Um, we worked together for a while for the better part of a year, I think, and um, eventually met up when I moved to her neighborhood. And yeah, and now we're married. That's killer. That's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Uh, it is important to be able to share music with people. It's why I love being on the radio. But to be able to do that and, you know, my wife's the same way. She'll come home. I have a playlist ready for me that she wants to share. It's a really, uh, it's a special feeling. And this is an artist that she brought to me a little bit ago. I, guilty enough, haven't still listened to it. Still in Storm, all of these things. I laughed when it came across because I was like, this is on my list to check out from her. Amazing. Why did this make it on your playlist? Uh, well, I do work with Still in Storm. Oh, right um, on. Yeah. And they're great people. They're a duo from Chicago. They are actually married. And, um, Dave Raymond uh, is he's kind of handles more of the production instrumentation uh, side, and then Rachel, um, his wife, uh, she kind of handles more of the vocal side of things. And Dave is in a band called Hidden Hospitals as well, who, um, with whom we work. And yeah, we're big fans, like very um, kind of enigmatic and. Um, uh, celestial sounding and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's got that shoegaze, a little bit of the shoegaze stuff that I really dig. Uh, so here it is, Still and Storm with the track, All of These Things. I've got shows from Vortex Music Magazine, local artists coming up, uh, including Patternist and Small Million, and of course, my brothers and I. Stick around, much more on the show. Absolutely love that band. That's new music from Prides here on Portland Radio Project. We're listening to a PDX Spotlight playlist full of great local and national artists, mostly pop music uh, and uh, I guess just introspective, uplifting stuff. Nate Sirota is my guest tonight from Impulse Artists. There was a, a artist that you reached out to me about. Actually, no, you reached out to me about your move first. But then Heather reached out about my brothers and I. Yep. Um, they've got some new music coming out. I was fortunate enough to hang out with them. They were on Sounds of PDX within months of me starting this show uh, in 16. And then I got an opportunity to work with them on PDX Spotlight, uh, hosted the TV show, and they did an in-studio performance that was insane. I love this band. Uh, tell our listeners what they're up to. They've got the new single out right now, but what are they up to and how did you build a relationship with them? Yeah. I mean, they actually share management with one of my other artists, Rosa, who is, who you will hear, uh, in just a few also amazing. Adore them. Um, but, uh, my brothers and I are, are up to quite a lot. You know, as we all know, they've, they've had quite a bit of, um, touring and sync success in the past. And, um, you know, they, they released their single when you're ready, not too long ago so we'll be uh we'll be dropping a video for that song soon and um there will be an ep on the way as well and uh along with more touring so uh, things are kind of just getting started for them in 2018 but it's going to be a busy one for sure were you behind the work on the video uh i was not okay. i cannot take credit for that <laughs> you gave me a sneak peek it is awesome it is awesome. It's we're, super cool. We're excited to release that and, and announce some some new things in a couple of weeks. So definitely keep an eye out for them. They're wildly talented. I mean, the, the vocal ability is just um, insane across the board. And good songwriters. Uh, absolutely, yes. Like uh, their ballad off the first record, Scars, is, is talk about genuine. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a song that... Could, it's timeless. It could be on most singer-songwriter records, but 
these guys. Uh, so again, how did you get engaged with them or what was it about their music that uh, led you to work with them? Well, I heard When You're Ready and, and I was like, this is kind of a banger and um, I love all the different elements that go into it, all the different influences. You know, there's obviously pop, but there's, there's R&B and there's some alternative as well. And um, it's just a really good songwriting and um, kind of started familiarizing myself with their past discography and kind of some of the cool, um, really under the radar successes that they've had that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of. So it's like, this is an artist that definitely needs to be exposed more. And um, so it's it's been great with them so far. And, and they're on a local label here called Expunged as well, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, great label. And um, yeah, we're super excited about them. They also had some commercial success with their uh, first record. They had some uh, play, I think, on VH1 and, and MTV. And, and sometimes bands think they'll get licensing and that's that's it. I mean, that's the golden ticket, but that's not the case. However, I think licensing is a good route for artists these days. What are your thoughts on that? I think licensing is a great route for a lot of artists. I know quite a few artists who don't do anything other than write songs for sync and licensing and essentially make a living off of that, which is one way to go. Uh, I, I've worked with artists who have this crazy um insane sync history over the past three four years been placed on you know uh, dozens of different network television shows, but haven't done any touring, haven't played a show. Uh, so there is that whole world for sure. Yeah. And really, um, it's, I would say one of the few like viable forms of, um, revenue in the music industry currently. Yeah. So if you can fall into some quality licensing, uh, as an independent artist, that's a great thing. And you don't want to tour. Uh, yes, it's great too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to play the latest single from My Brothers and I. This is When You're Ready. Uh, what were your first thoughts when they showed you this single? Just the, the vocals. I mean, I used to sing in a band, and so I, I can appreciate that pretty immediately. And just the harmonies and, and um, the melodies and the songwriting, really the vocal ability caught me like immediately, and I was pretty floored. David's a great vocalist, and he makes it sound effortless, but these runs he's done throughout all of their tunes are super impressive. I love this band. I will be welcoming them back to the show. They're coming on in June looking forward to that until then i hope this holds you over this is my brothers and i with when you're ready That is Lane here on Sounds of PDX, just a killer artist that uh, is an influence and, and current artist that we dig, uh, both myself and Nate Sirota from Impulse Artists. Um, you guys in your title have a boutique digital marketing and publicity agency. What does that mean to you, boutique? Uh, we, we sort of take a hands-on, like, gritty approach. Um, like I said before, I come from a very DIY grassroots background, so I kind of... Um, approach things that way. We're obviously a smaller company as well, which kind of goes hand in hand with the boutique title. There's just two of us and um, we like to keep it pretty lean and mean. And um, yeah, we really, um, we're, we're team players, you know, we consider ourselves a part of the team. And I think that's important when you're working with artists. Yeah, I was gonna say as an artist, I couldn't imagine if I'm answering to one two people tops that I would feel like a number. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, we, um, we like to have constant contact with our artists as well. Um, and yeah, that's important to us. We want to make sure that they feel taken care of and, and make sure they know that we care. And so I think that goes along with the boutique mentality. There are a lot of other really great publicity companies that call themselves boutique and, uh, are a part of that culture as well that, that we know and respect. So that's kind of, where we're coming from. Now, some of the artists or let's say the music scene, where do you see it going here in the future? It really is anybody's guess, but from what is currently going on with Spotify and everything else, where do you see the industry going as a whole for this genre for, for pop music or, or indie alt rock uh, vein, I guess? Man, that's a, a crazy 
question. It's been raised quite a bit, um, a lot within the arena in which I work and uh, really streaming is king um, and it's going to continue to be and it doesn't look like it's going any other way. And I think a lot of people are having a tough time. Uh, Well, I would say more industry people are are having a a tough time kind of uh, you know, embracing that and like finding creative ways to, to put streaming at the forefront. So, um, you know, it's been integrated more and more into our campaigns and we understand the importance of Spotify and, um, what streaming brings to the table. And so really, yeah, I think it's going to be a streaming world. Uh, It already is a streaming world, but it's even more so, um, in the near future. I also think it's important though, you know, the it, bands will save costs on not printing 500 demo CDs and then an LP that comes out later and you know that roundabout thing. Uh, but it's still important. Fans want something tangible. So how does a band go about creating enough product for their live gigs or, you know, stuff to send out for Patreon or whatever else through their website? How does a band manage that side of marketing when they don't have a lot of money, but they've got to put something in investment for their you know, frisbees or vinyls or whatever they want to do. Yeah, it's a it's a tough question. Obviously, there's crowdfunding. You know, uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, etc. Those platforms are great for independent artists to sort of build capital for things like that. A lot of the tangible items are not cheap, like vinyl, which is there's a whole subculture for that, and and that is one of the few physical um, item, you know, parts of music that is is really kind of doing well. But they're not cheap to make; like it's they take a long time, and and they're expensive, and there's a higher and higher demand for them. So, I think crowdfunding is a great way to do that. Um, you know, playing shows. If you can if you can uh, make money off playing shows, that's a, a great way to do it. Uh, I know a lot of artists have investors. That's easier said than done. You know, there are various sure. ways to build capital, but um, yeah, it's it's tough to do that as an artist, especially an independent artist. There's something of a responsibility that comes with uh, being an entrepreneur in these days. If you're a gigging local or regional band, I mean, you own your business. It's exactly that, and it's it's tough. It's such a fluid thing. We've been talking about all night. For us listeners or people from the the PR side, it's easy for us to kind of just sit back and enjoy and go, okay, I'd like to highlight or work with these artists. But as a as a songwriter these days, and again, especially someone who's young and doesn't know, you know, the old school guerrilla style, handing out CDs at your live shows, it's a tough thing to kind of uh, navigate. I want to talk to you more later on about what beginning bands should be doing, uh, where they should focus maybe their time in marketing, whether social media or hitting the streets in some of these cities. We'll talk about that coming up. I also have shows from Vortex Music Magazine. I think you should all go check out this weekend. I'll get you details on that. But getting back to our PDX Spotlight playlist, an artist that would have made the list if you didn't put them on here, this is Rosa. I text my buddy Ben, because he loves them too, and he's listening tonight. I was like, Dude, Nate on my show tonight, he works with Rosa, so we both had a little uh, uh, fangirl moment. I love this band, man. I fangirl over Rosa. They're (laughs) amazing. Um, You know, from the second I heard their EP last year, Wasteful, uh, which uh, we worked on, uh, I was totally hooked. They're fantastic live. Like, they produce all of their own music. Um, They're a bunch of really silly dudes and um, (laughs) really fun to be around. And um, yeah, they they played their um, EP release show at the Satellite in L.A. earlier this year um, for their EP, um, The Touch of Another. And um, it was my first time actually seeing them live and really was blown away. I probably listen to Savage every other day. If I, you know, if I don't, every 48 hours, I'm like, I got to find this song. I can't get enough of it right now. This is their latest single called Stranger and uh, another one I'm obsessed with. I'm going to dedicate this one to Ben Hooks. This one goes out to you, buddy. Here's Rosa on Sounds of PDX.
probably not here on Sounds of PDX. Great local band that uh, always brings down the house live. I'm your host, Luke Neal. I've got Nate Serretta from Impulse Artist in studio with me tonight. We've been talking about uh, multiple aspects of the music business. Um, but before the break, we teased a little bit about what bands should be doing when they're first starting. What should their focus be as far as social media and like your basic DIY marketing? Yeah, I mean, really, they should be focused first and foremost on creating good music. Um, people kind of overlook that, which is kind of crazy to think about, but really just just make good songs uh, first and foremost. Social media, um, you know, it, you definitely need to be engaged um, and be consistent with your content, you know, uh, create a consistent flow of posts. And, and um, a big thing that people forget is to always mix in, a, you know, a quality mix of uh, marketing and personal messaging. So, um, it's, you know, it's great that, you know, X, Y, Z blog is posting about you and you interviewed with so-and-so, but nobody wants to read, you know, 20 interviews. Um, so just be mindful of that. Be mindful of your audience yeah. and be engaged. You know, um, your social media presence is not going to grow on its own. You, you need to be, um, you know, talking to your fans and um, creating conversation within your platforms. And that's the best way to see it grow for sure. What are some of the things bands can do in a live setting? It's an opportunity from a marketing and networking standpoint. I think a lot of folks don't figure out till later on that, it, it, I mean, that's the time to strike while the iron's hot. What are new bands doing out there at live shows uh, that are not doing rather that you wish you would see them doing? Uh, specifically at live shows? Yeah. Um, I mean, really, obviously, making sure that you're putting on a, a compelling show. I think that showmanship is sometimes can be lost. So uh, making sure that your live show is, is dialed in for sure. But again, like it's actually now that we're talking about it, putting it into words, it's similar to social media. I mean, be engaged, mm -hmm. you know, be be engaged with uh, with whoever is watching you, whether it's three people or 25 people or 100 people, you should put on the same show regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, people kind of um, sulk a little bit, you know, when there's nobody in the crowd and they kind of get like a chip on their shoulder or whatever. Like, uh, that's if you're a musician, you got to expect that's going to happen from time to time and you got to roll with the punches. So be engaged and, and put on the same show, whether it's, you know, um, tiny crowd or a ton of people. Yeah, especially if you're on tour, if no one's there, use it as a rehearsal night. Absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of live music, uh, let's go over our Vortex Music Magazine shows of the week. A quick shout out from them and I'll be right back. Support comes from Vortex Music Magazine. Receive the print edition in the mail each quarter, plus access to monthly benefits like vinyl, music photography, concert tickets, and more. Get swept up in the Vortex at vrtxmag.com forward slash subscribe. Lots of great music in the Portland area this week. Uh, tonight's featured show, we're going to be uh, bouncing out of here a couple minutes early so Nate can get down to Mississippi Studio to see Penguin Prison and Little Monarch. I featured a new track from Little Monarch on uh, the listening party a few weeks back. Love what they're doing. Uh, doors open at 8. Their show starts at 9. Again, Mississippi Studio. You recently just introduced me to Penguin Prison. Uh, when we met last week, I listened to a couple of their songs and serendipitously here they are yeah i've had an opportunity to see them live a few times and it never panned out so i'm very excited tonight is my first time seeing them live and i'm very excited is this your first uh visit to mississippi studio as well it is and Rad. i've heard i've heard great things and uh from you and from several other people so i'm very excited you'll love it great uh great sound not a bad seat in the house wonderful bar uh great show tonight little monarch and penguin prison tonight at mississippi studio this Friday at the Secret Society, we've got Andrew Paul Woodworth with brand new music. He's doing an album released with friend of the show, Brahman and Wonderly. Brahman's got new music coming out as well here pretty soon. Going to be a great show. Secret Society, another great venue in town. Uh, a little bit more of a, a indie alt-rock show that's coming up at the High Watermark Lounge Saturday, May 5th. Uh, show starts at 8 p.m. We've got Gray Fiction, The Pining Hearts, The Skeleton Keys, and Common Hours. All great bands. That's going to be really good. Uh, Tango Alpha Tango is back live with Sarah Parson here in Portland. They're playing Bunk Bar Saturday night, May 5th. A couple of really good shows that night. And then uh, you can end the week at the fancy and classy Jack London Review. 
uh, Adebisi and special guest Blossom will be playing. Um, Adebisi will be on Sounds of PDX next week. They're releasing new music, so go check it out. Get a preview at Jack London Review this Sunday, May 6th, and uh, look for them on the show next week. Um, so for you, you spent a lot of time Grew up in L.A. What was the music scene like there? Because we brag on the Portland scene a lot. L.A. and New York are the big hubs. Um, so maybe talk about the differences uh, for an artist perspective in L.A. versus a city like Portland. Yeah, I think a lot of the sense of community can be lost in a city like L.A. And when I was kind of coming up in the scene it took a while to establish some sense of community with specific artists and different pools and things like that. There's a lot of pay to play in LA, um, you know, down on the Sunset Strip and a lot of those promoters, uh, you know, can uh, have a history of, of taking advantage of artists. I definitely was one of them back in mm. the day. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, I will say that the people that I ended up surrounding myself with uh, at the end of the day were there was a lot of great people in L.A. And uh, you kind of have to do some searching because on the surface, like the, the L.A. music scene is pretty rough and, and cutthroat. But there are a lot of good people there for sure. Yeah, it's intense. I mean, there's so many great opportunities, but people forget uh, there's few cities in the country. I mean, we can count them on both our hands, but it's hard to go out on a Tuesday night and pack a place like Mississippi Studio or Doug Fur. And I'm talking with local bands. I mean, it, it's it's tough alone to throw a local show for a newer band. To get 100 to 200 people out to a local gig is phenomenal. And if you can do that on a Wednesday night, then you know you're in a good spot. Obviously, uh, well, you were on Warp Tour. You saw a lot of these great music cities. The Obviously, Austin, L.A., Nashville, New York. What are some of your other cities that you like playing in? I uh, loved playing in Chicago. It was always a great music scene out in Chicago. I would say really uh, a lot of the smaller town shows that we played were uh, fantastic. People were always kind of more excited to have touring bands come through, especially bands from L.A., uh, whether it was small town in the Midwest or in the South or whatever, those shows were always great. Loved all the rec center shows oh, and, right and VFW <laughs> yeah. type stuff. So those were great. You know, I came up in that scene where that was like the thing and you pack out like, uh, you know, a tiny room with a terrible sound system and it's just the greatest thing. So I would say Chicago loved, um, playing in the Boston area as well. And mm. then, uh, really any of the small towns where people were just excited to see music. That's awesome. Yeah, I can see that there. Especially you were in a rock band, right? I was in a rock band, yeah. pop punk band. That's perfect. They want to throw their hands up and elbows. Super angsty and whiny <laughs> and awesome. <laughs> uh, well, you brought in another artist that is super great. And speaking of live shows coming to town, uh, Han, is that how you pronounce it? Han, yeah. yeah. Uh, Coastal Love. This is a killer song. It's so good. It really is. The whole album is great. And I've seen them live now. I've seen him three times. I'm going to see them in Portland when they come in September, and I can't wait. They're amazing. They're from the UK, and uh, all the it's a duo, and all the musicians that they have behind them are excellent. And I've kind of gotten to see their live show like evolve a little bit over the last couple of years, and they're just super good. Well, thanks for introducing them to me. I'm going to dig into their catalog. The first song I heard, Coastal Love, is right here. I really enjoy it. Let me know what you think on the talk board. Go to prp.fm and say hello to myself and Nate. We'll be with you until 9 p.m. Brand new music from one of my favorite local bands. That's Gold Casio here on Portland Radio Project. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm Luke Neal, and this is Sounds of PDX here on your community radio. We're 99.1 FM, PRP.FM. Uh, you can pick, up, pick us up anywhere in the world uh, via PRP.
prp.fm. We've got a great mobile app. You can also go to Next Radio app on your phone. If you have the Next Radio app, you can program PRP as one of your favorites will come up every time that you open up the app. If you're in the Portland area listening to us on the FM, thank you so much. Uh, looks like we've got a little bit more extension. I heard from a listener that they caught us up in Vancouver. So I guess if How the, exciting. the clouds are aligned correctly, they yeah. can they get us up there. Uh, Nate Sirota from Impulse Artists has been with me all evening. Your insight into the music business uh, and the approach that you've given uh, just a bit ago for younger artists, I think is is crucial and important. But like you said, great songs surpass so much and even talent, right? You can have a mediocre artist. I don't want to say mediocre in the world, like mediocre on the national scale. They may not be able to sing like Adele, but you can get these artists great songs and they can captivate an audience. Uh, speak to what you think resonates with people as far as a good pop song or, or an anthem that they want to dance to. I mean, a lot of it is intangible, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I listen to songs and there's something I, I can't necessarily put my finger on it. It's just the way that it makes me feel. And I think that those intangibles, few people can kind of capture. And that's the most important thing. There is a formula, of course. And right. yeah. a lot of producers and songwriters abide by that formula and try different things. And there are certain things to do and, and not do. I think lyrics also are a big part of it. I think... Uh, people don't um, put enough weight on lyrics, and I think it's a, an incredibly important part of songwriting and, and is important to me at least. So I think ultimately, like if you can invoke some kind of feeling in, in somebody, that's just uh, that's what it is for me, and that's um, why I, be, I became a fan of music. You cut your teeth in bands, you've done the live thing. How has your view? of a young singer-songwriter at home working on their laptop, making music, electronic music. How has that changed through the years? Because a laptop is the modern-day folk instrument. People write on it. It's accessible. Sure, and even... 10, 12 years ago when I was writing songs, we wrote a lot of them on GarageBand when that first became available on, on MacBooks. And I think it's a great way to create music. I think a lot of times people can spend just, uh, you know, tens of, upon thousands of, of dollars on really high-end production and, and really like you just said a minute ago uh, the quality of the song is going to outweigh the production if you can write a good song um then uh yeah it's going to shine through and so uh, i remember writing plenty of songs that sounded terrible uh on garage band <laughs> but you know we had people get into them because it was like Good. It was something that people could relate to and people felt something when they listened to them. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my viewpoint on that, I guess. I think there's something charming about bootleg approach. Obviously, late 70s, early 80s, New York punk scene, you know, CBGBs. There was so many bootleg recordings and, you know, even some of the masters that the Ramones put out would just not fly today. But what does that speak to artists, you know, creating a scene for themselves? Because I think that's a lot of where passion for these unsigned or especially in Portland underage bands that don't get to play at some of these other places. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was similar in L.A. as well. But what do you think it says to those uh, bands who can build a community uh, like you said, in L.A. it was tough. But what do you think it is about those bands that can build a community that will a, see them every time that they're in town and still be faithful after they come back from the road. Yeah, those are the artists that are ultimately going to stand the test of time when you can create a movement or a community and surround yourself with people who believe in what you're doing. Those are the artists that ultimately are going to stand the test of time. And you're talking about the Ramones. I mean, arguably one of the most influential artists, not in just punk music, but in, in rock music and just music culture in general. I mean, you see people who probably have never listened to a Ramones song wearing Ramones shirts. <laughs> right. I would say probably more so with the Ramones than maybe any other artist. Maybe yeah. Rolling Stones is up there too, but, um, you know, and that's just to say like, it's a testament to like what they've done in terms of creating a culture for themselves and other musicians. Who are some of those bands uh, you used to follow around in LA? Were there any you were super particular about? Um, well, Blink-182 definitely uh, spurred my love for angsty music when I was in 
I think middle school. And um, once I went Blink-182, I never went back. <laughs> it was the greatest moment of my life when I heard uh, What's My Age Again? And um, yeah, never looked back after that. That's awesome. Yeah, great anthemic band. Uh, still, I find their stuff coming up on some playlists. I'm like, oh yeah, there's so many great songs that they have. They're all great. I mean, those albums are, there were a few albums where I could listen to every song front to back and not skip through. And those Blink-182 albums were those albums for sure. And Travis Barker early on really harnessed social media. I mean, he was playing drums over these hip hop tracks and then doing these collaborations. There's a lot. I read a great piece about a lot of people outside the punk or even rock realm found out about Blink-182 because Travis's approach to using social media. Yeah, I saw them with Bubba Sparks one time and they were like just super homies, Travis Barker and, and Bubba Sparks. He's the reason why they played together. And um, yeah, he has definitely genre bended in, in his career quite a bit. Uh, yeah, mad respect to Travis Barker for sure. Yeah, my buddy Tyler's a drummer and adores him and ran into him at Disneyland one time and was over the moon. I, I was so bummed I wasn't with him, but yeah, mad respect to Blink-182. <laughs> uh, switching gears here, going back to the playlist, uh, Masita is an artist that you put on uh, here that has this cool uh I don't know, a rootsy sonic production to this to this track. It's called uh, Living Breathing. Why did you put this on the playlist tonight? You know, I kind of don't know a whole lot about Masita. I discovered Masita on my Discover Weekly playlist on Spotify. So you're welcome, Spotify, Thank for you. that free <laughs> advertisement. And I heard the chorus and the, the, the piano, the kind of driving piano in, in that chorus really caught me and it's very unique kind of blend of genres. And um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this track. Yeah, it scratches my singer songwriter itch as well. I really like this. Uh, new music from Masita. This is Living and Breathing here on Portland Radio Project. The single is Touch. The artist is Shura, I believe. Is that right, Nate? I think so. <laughs> I don't work with Shura, so nobody's going to fire me over that one. But yeah, love Shura. Love the latest album, Nothing's Real. The whole thing is excellent. She's, from what I know, is a songwriter and producer and from the UK. And a really unique take on pop, like really tasteful take on pop, which I can always appreciate lyrically. Awesome. Uh, yeah, check out Shura. And it was in line with all the other selections you had on the PDX Spotlight playlist tonight. Listen to a lot of great music, highlighted uh, some of the artists that you worked with. Um, and we're going to be wrapping up the evening here pretty shortly. So first off, I want to thank you again for stepping up short notice and uh, being here. But I want to give a shout out to you and what you're doing for the music business, because it's uh, it's something I think from marketing publicity, it's something that a lot of artists don't think they have access to in this market and you're expanding. I'm so glad that Impulse is here. Uh, so we appreciate you being here, but I'd like to give you a chance to uh, give any shout outs or uh, hellos or thanks you to, to Impulse, friends, family, artists, anybody you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you having me and this has been a really awesome time. Love chatting about music with fellow fans and, and like-minded people. Very grateful to be up here in Portland and excited to immerse myself in the music landscape here. And uh, obviously, huge thanks to my friends and family and my wife. And uh, huge thanks to Heather Hawk, who is my partner in crime at Impulse. She's down at L.A. And um, I need to tell her more how much I appreciate the work <laughs> she does. So thank you, Heather. And um, thanks to all my artists for being great at what you do. We'll be sharing your information. I'll put it on the talk board here. Uh, we'll, of course, be podcasting this and put that out there. Uh, I've more than enjoyed having you on. I've, I've loved to uh, get to know more about you. It's been really nice. Uh, it's cool to, to know you cut your teeth at Warp Tour. Like, yeah. I, I love talking to because that was such a particular thing that bands did. Uh, anyways, and of course, the music that you brought in is right in line with everything I listened to. It was a great surprise. So, Nate, thank you for being here. I'm going to leave you tonight with Six Feet by Small Million. 
a local band I love to death and exemplifies what I saw as uh, one of the first uh, seedlings of the pop scene here in Portland building a couple years ago. I hope you enjoy it. This is Six Feet by Small Million. Until next time, I've been your host, Luke Neal, reminding you to discover and support local music. Have a great night.